0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed.
1: Sometimes when a, uh, a movie is very successful, right away they start talking about a, a sequel. Right. And, uh, and sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't. More often than not, the sequels are uh, not as good as the original. It's very tough to live up to that. Probably only a handful of sequels that were as good or better than the first. But uh, they were going to make an ET2 at one point. Okay. Called ET2 Nocturnal Fears. Oh. The sequel included a spaceship of aliens who kidnap and torture Elliot and his crew. Spielberg decided it was way too dark. Sounds like. Pulled the plug. <laughs> Probably a good call. Yeah. Although I guess you could always have done a rewrite. But then the ET is one of those films, you know, that yeah, very tough to, to beat, to right. do better, to tell a, a greater story. You know, it's like the idea now, and we uh, we hear that it's in production, the idea that they're going to remake Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with mm. Kevin Hart and Jamie Foxx, I mean, mm-hmm. who seems to be the two. I mean, I, I I don't know that you could find a more complete movie. i I put Forrest Gump in that department as well for just such an amazing story with a great wrap-up and a terrific finish and... Yeah, you know, from beginning to end, just I, I don't know that there's been a movie more well crafted than Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and for them to try to up
0: it just makes no sense to me. It's interesting. I was reading not too long ago, um, you know, a bit about the making of that movie of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and and what was left out, mm-hmm. right? The, how many scenes were mm-hmm. cut, right? And there's a whole backstory to Neil Page and yeah. his wife thinking he was having an affair, and that's you know where, where this whole you know, sure, you're with Del Griffith or whatever. Right. It came from this animosity that she had. And, it, you know, when you watch the movie, the you know, pure as it is, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. When you hear some of the stuff that was cut out, you go, oh, man, I wish that was in it as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: I think I read the same
0: article or you directed it to me. And, yeah. there,
1: and then there's one telling moment at the end when Del finally shows up at the house with uh, with with Neil. And she gives him this look of, oh, I'm so happy to find out that you're a man. Yeah. Yeah, because she didn't believe all along, she even had that kind of concerned look coming down the stairs. Exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just such a great movie. Right. Anyhow, we'll see what happens with that. There was supposed to be Superman Lives in the '90s. This time, it would have been Nicolas Cage as Superman. Oh Lord! Tim Burton was set to direct. Kevin Smith was writing it. All that exists of that idea is supposedly Nick's test footage, just <laughs> yelling at the top of the world. <laughs> Uh, Sylvester Stallone was going to play Poe in this Edgar Allan Poe biopic. Could you imagine Stallone in his voice trying to be Poe (laughs) in a shocking turn of events? That got scrapped. (laughs) A Jurassic Park 4. This was before Jurassic World. This one would have included dinosaur-human hybrids. Right. Scrap that idea, I guess. Once again, Steven Spielberg. There is a terrific show on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, and I think it's into season two now. And the first, they only do four movies per season. It's about an hour long each. And it's a really kind of, they dive fairly deep into the making of a movie and how it almost went off the rails and mm-hmm. what saved it and it is always very intriguing to, uh, to John is,
0: is an unbelievable story. Yeah, in you know it, it, they show it every year around Shark Week. Mm-hmm. Like they show Jaws, obviously, but they also show kind of like the behind the scenes, the making of. Yeah, and and all they can say is how difficult it was, mm-hmm. and, and they, it was this project that almost got sunk a couple of different ways uh, in how long it was to film, trying to film on water, yeah. you know, and keeping like boats out of the horizon yep. as they were doing it, and then. Of course, the problems they had with the shark. And then they went and made two other movies afterward. Like It wasn't that bad. No. <laughs> at least no. the return was good.
1: Um, there's one episode I'm mentioning Forrest Gump earlier, and there's one uh, on this, the movies that made us. And I, I didn't realize this, how sometimes in a movie, the execs at the top, like someone can make one little decision and ruin the whole thing. And I guess there had been this woman named uh, Lansing. I can't remember her first name. Sandra, maybe? And, she was the head of whatever the studio was that produced uh, Forrest Gump. And she was adamant that he would not have that voice. Mm. She was, she just thought, nobody wants to see a movie with a guy talking like that. He's an idiot. He's a moron. Like, nobody. But he got the voice from the kid who played Forrest as a child. Okay. This kid had never acted in his life, had never done anything. His mom on a lark signed him up for the audition. And he, he, he had that kind of cadence to his voice. And so Tom literally followed the kid everywhere and just listened to him and and got the voice from there. (laughs) And so the director, Robert uh, Zemeckis, I think was his name, and Tom Hanks were so adamant that they were going to have it their way that there was a budget meeting. And they said, we'll throw in. If you just keep your nose out of it, We'll toss in out of our own pocket to keep this movie going.
0: Should have said, hey, give us a, give us a
1: cut of the gate. there. Well, if you think... don't think it's going to be successful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us a, let's up our cut. No, for sure. And there's been a few stories like that, too, of people who have pulled that stunt and really paid off. Uh, and finally, who framed Roger Rabbit 2? Test footage was made of a CGI Roger, but the project was canceled due to the high cost of the then-new technology. The hybrid animation and Roger's uh, voice was too difficult, too expensive huh. to pull together. Spent a lot of time with that Jessica Rabbit myself. <laughs> just me, just me. <laughs> if you're a, a big fan of the hot dog, this is not good news, and I certainly do enjoy a hot dog. <sighs> Every hot dog you eat shortens your health life by an average of 36 minutes. <laughs> Now, when we say a healthy life, that means the years where you're fairly healthy in general and aren't dealing with chronic illness or disabilities. It doesn't mean these hot dogs are going to kill you necessarily. Right. They're just going to shorten up the healthy time that you're on this planet. By 36 minutes, every one of them. Every hot dog? Yeah. I just had a hot dog on the weekend. I'm going to be dead by Thursday. Actually, I think I had two. Well, that's, uh, if I do the math, that's over an hour. You've lost. I was good. Yeah. They uh, looked at over 5,000 different foods. Okay, so it wasn't just hot dogs? No, burgers will kill you, mac and cheese will kill you. By the same rate? Uh, No, a little less. They'll shorten your life by about five minutes.
0: Okay, so if you go to the barbecue, you got a choice of a burger or a hot dog. Take the burger, Take the burger. Yeah.
1: But there are some foods that add time to your life as well. A handful of cashews could extend your health by 26 minutes. Ooh.
0: So you blend that with the hot dog. Have a hot dog and some cashews. Yeah. No, I, you're <laughs> even Steven. <steaming. laughs> that's right. <laughs> Not quite, but I have a, a few extra cashews. That's right.
1: Other things that do it include, of course, fruits and vegetables. Right. Well, when are one of these studies going to say,
0: "Put the broccoli down"? It's killing you. I love when people uh, like will put like a pickle on top of their hot dog mm. and say, "Well, now I got a vegetable, a vegetable. on it." Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> or they put ketchup on it they I well, know, and they yeah.
0: have tomatoes. Well, there's tomato in there somewhere. Yeah. It's good for you. Seafood, of course,
1: adds extra time. But this is an odd one. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches also add time. Well, maybe the nuts? Yeah, I guess if you get the crunchy peanut butter. I mean, I know peanut butter, is, it's got the healthy fats in it, right? Right. Uh, I believe the jam is, so you think, just all sugar, really. And bread is, you know, it's the devil, according to some people. So. Man,
0: How many hot dogs do you think you've had? Like, just just late night mm. coming out of the, the bar? Oh,
1: I was down in five or six a week at one point. Oh, really? Because the hot dog truck was outside the door of a station I worked at. So my first thing in my gut every morning at about 11 a.m. was a big steaming dog. First thing in my gut, first thing out of my gut. Mike Richards, uh, very upset. He, uh, of course, executive producer at Jeopardy! and uh, short-time host. He was uh, quite upset because he thought he had almost... uh, Caught up to Alex Trebek in his record <laughs> as the host. <laughs> Said, no, he, he did it for a little more than a week, right. Michael. Yeah. He got five shows in as the new host. They've all been produced and ready to go and they will air. But then somebody dug up his 2013 podcast where he's sexist, racist, and anti-Semitic comments and body shaming. Have uh, forced him to step down as the host.
0: He says it's too much of a distraction for the fans of the show. Right. It seems weird that they'd even air them, but I guess mm. he had a guy on, like, a crazy winning streak, so they, they, they want to keep those going. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, you said he was really good as the host. I, right thought from he the was, beginning.
0: I thought he was excellent, right? Obviously, I mean, being the executive producer, he knew the flow of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it didn't seem kind of, you know how sometimes you can seem preachy? Mm. Even Alex could do that, right? Like, oh, I know the answer. Well, yeah, you got it in front of you. You're reading it right um and and I think part of it too, is he knew the level of research that uh, that Alex did in order to get all the pronunciations right mm-hmm. and to not you know sound like you're surprised by the answer mm-hmm. when when they say um so yeah, I thought you know I didn't watch all of the the guest hosts, but I thought of the ones that I did see, I thought he was one of the better ones,
1: yeah now I've heard a little bit of the audio from this podcast, and yeah he he calls some women names and but you know again if if you were to sit and listen probably to the whole podcast and I don't know how long it went and maybe he was going off the entire time but it seemed like they were just covering it was just random conversation off the top of your head kind of thoughts and he was with two other women who were you know laughing along with him and edging him on and not calling him out at that time to say hey oh you shouldn't do that or the other you know they were they was were it seemed to me playing along just the uh, just as much as he was and so you especially doing this job, you know, we're, we're live all the time and things can be said and then you realize after, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. But, you know, it's, it's a small moment and it's scary because it is a small moment in time and, and stuff can, just, just gets taken away from you now.
0: Right. You know, the voices get so loud. It's so crazy with cancel culture. Who gets canceled and who doesn't? Right. Right. And, and, and for what level uh, of, of thing? You know, you know, did he molest women? Uh, you know, and I'm certainly not defending him in, mm. in in what he's done. What he's done was stupid, right? Uh, but is it, when is an apology enough, mm-hmm. right? And when is it not enough? Yeah. Uh, and 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 really, it just you know, it's so weird, right? Like you go back to the the Trump on the bus comments, mm. right? With the uh, uh, the women, that didn't cancel him at all, mm-hmm. but it canceled Billy Bush. Yeah, the guy who listened to it. Yeah, and giggled at him. Right. Yeah. So he laughed at it. So he got he literally got canceled career. from his show, ruined and his career, marriage, marriage, everything. Yeah. Right. Um. But Trump faced you know some backlash for it, but it didn't affect him for a moment. Yeah. There's, right. There's been a few along the way.
1: Like Letterman's a great example, and yeah. I've always been a huge fan. I mean, he in in 2021 for what he was accused of doing, he would have been gone. But it worked out in his favor because he's being blackmailed at the time when he was having this affair with this woman who was an underling for him at the late show. And uh, so he ended up looking like the victim in all of it when he came forward and admitted he had screwed up and he had this affair. Everybody felt bad for Dave that he was getting blackmailed.
0: You know, podcasts are so weird in that, you know, it is, you know, some people feel like it's radio without the, um, the rules. It's the wild, wild west, right? A broadcast, and and uh, it, it is. It, it basically, it's just you know. Th- I and mean, your answering machine, and you can leave whatever you want on it, mm-hmm. right? But it does stick around. Mm-hmm. Now with the internet, things don't disappear so quickly. Mm-hmm. I was asked to do a podcast once um, for uh, for hockey. And it, it asked to comment on junior hockey, um, and I thought, sure, no problem. I'll come on with you. And and it seemed like it was a, a well known in I guess the junior hockey circles. I'd seen it on Twitter a few times, and I remember when they called me, they had to put me on hold, uh, and I heard a bit of what they were speaking of right and it was like f this and this i was like what the hell are you guys doing right. right like it's it's almost like well because i can yeah. i'm gonna swear right, right? And i'm gonna yeah. make this raunchy and I, I want no part of this mm. you know I'm, I'm here you're calling me on as an, uh, an expert or an authority on something i don't want to be a part so of your you side you? show yeah. i didn't bail on it no. but i certainly didn't take part mm. in uh in the language and it wasn't it wasn't that it was misogynist. It wasn't bad. It mm. was just they were using language for effect, right? Yeah. There's Stern, when he first
1: got to satellite radio, he made kind of the same comment. He said, "Yeah, we can, we can swear now. We can say whatever we want, whenever we want." He said, "But I, I make sure that everybody on the show keeps it to a real minimum, and you drop that f bomb at very appropriate times. Right. Or, you know, if you're just f this and f that constantly, you know, well, kind of like how we talk off the air."
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Stern. I mean, for all of his, his success, it's part of the problem in it because people who emulate him, mm-hmm. right, and wanted to be like him, see what he did mm-hmm. and think, oh, well, I can do that and we're going to be as dirty and and uh, and controversial as we want to be. Problem is, is that it can have consequences. You
1: know what's funny about that? Uh, it, and I, I agree with you. And I think, like, for someone like Stern, many have followed down his path. But he's an interesting study because... The Stern of today is certainly not the Stern of the 1980s and 90s oh, no. when he was throwing baloney at stripper's bums. and all. I mean he, he's now tried to reimage himself and he is in his mid 60s but he's tried to reimage himself as this very uh, in-depth interviewer like a lot of all that stuff is long gone but it's it still trails him like a smell right and I, I remember being at Humber College taking the radio program and we all had to in one of the classes uh kind of uh do an impersonation of one of uh, one of our favorite announcers. So everybody did their own thing. Mm. And I remember this one guy coming into class and he was just oh baby, it's rock and roll, it's this, is that he's yelling and screaming and yeah. doing his thing. <laughs> and the teacher stops the tape and he says, he says, who are you imitating? And he said the person's name. And the guy goes, one of the greatest announcers in the country. You think he does that every day? <laughs> <laughs> But but we just hear something once and we associate it, you know, with yeah. that person forever. So it's like I met this lady at the Canadian Brew House the other night when I was there hosting their $5,000 giveaway. And she says, oh, big fan. My husband and I, we love the show. You, you're great. Can I buy you a wine? And it, for a second, I thought, it took me a second, a beat to catch it. I go, oh, because that's all I do on the show is wine. And she goes,
0: yeah.
1: And I go, you're right. And I'll have that wine. William Shakespeare had a wife. I don't know that I ever knew that. I didn't spend a whole lot of time reading much of William Shakespeare. Right. Well, I didn't think he wrote about his wife that often. No. He's trying to sleep with other people's wives. There's some chaos going on in his stories. (laughs) Anyhow, old Bill had a wife. And Bill's wife's name was Anne
0: Hathaway. Really?
1: Go figure.
0: Get out. Now, is that her real name? Or did she, like, I mean, the actress... Did she change it to be Shakespeare's wife? Oh, maybe.
1: I don't know. Mm. Maybe she took it from, from that. Yeah, perhaps. And it was a long time ago. You'd think she would have been Anne Shakespeare. Right. Mm. Yes. It's a bold move back then. Uh, almost three times more people speak English as a second language than as a native one. English has roughly a billion people learning it as a second language and only about 370 million speaking it natively.
0: I mean, so many of us have yet to master it as our first language. I yeah. <laughs> can't imagine what yeah. that is like learning English as a second language. When words, you know, we look at like like uh, dialects of Chinese mm. or, or Japanese and we see the characters and mm-hmm. think... Who how, can do that? how could we possibly ever learn that? Yeah. We'll try when, like, one word has seven different meanings to it and yeah. figuring it out. And how little patience people who speak English as a first language mm. have for people learning it, right? Like, learn the language or go home. Like, <laughs> we're, we're absolutely ridiculous when that. people who speak this language as their first language yeah. still need subtitles for other people who speak it as their first language. You
1: listen to this show, you can tell that there's issue speaking english oh, properly a lot of the time yeah and there's also you know what one word can mean many different things or a sentence can be depending on how you fluctuate or how you ask the question or, or make the statement can be different like today when i was driving in there was a car in front of me it stopped at a light and on his license plate it said need a car now, it it didn't have, um, like, on the frame around the license plate, it didn't have a question mark as right. in, need a car? Right. Just need a car? So it could be, you know, with the English language, it all just depends on how you phrase it. Right, right? yeah. You know, whereas in other languages, everything has a word, and it's...
0: So, yeah. No, it's it's a tough language. Screw well, like, you has different meanings to it, so what are you going to do?
1: <laughs>
0: there was a woman, supposedly.
1: <laughs> I love that go go-home routine. It's just so ridiculous and stupid they are home just like your home yeah. idiot <laughs> yeah, there's this woman who i guess was up in port perry and just yelling there's families down by the lake and she's just screaming at anybody who doesn't look like her right of course i i think you can see what she probably looks like <laughs> in your mind's eye i think you can see and there's families going can you can you stop it with the language and the with the race she's just screaming racist comments right. and dropping f-bombs all over the place I mean, I'm glad somebody videotaped it and was trying to call her out, you know. But anyhow. The first two time men kissed in a movie was in a silent film in nineteen twenty seven called Wings. I don't know how that would have played out. Right. Because in the nineteen twenties, I know this will become a, a shocking fact, but they weren't too kind to the homosexual oh, community. Really? Yeah, that didn't they didn't play.
0: No. Hmm. So Well, I guess the only benefit to it would be the fact that in you know if you look at the video technology of the 1920s, mm. most people probably couldn't tell it was two men. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I look at something now in SD, and I change it right away. Like, oh, my goodness, I can't look at this. I was
1: my mother-in-law's on Sunday, and I was sitting in her living room watching her TV, and she's just got standard deaf, and yeah, it looks so <laughs> bad. It, it's, it's funny. The uh, crown jewels contain the two biggest cut diamonds on Earth. They're a uh, 3,106 Carrot gem found in South Africa in 1905, very similar to the gem the lovely Maria has on her on her finger.
0: Yes, yeah, shocking resemblance. That's right. (laughs) As I say, it's amazing what they can do with cubic zirconia these Uh
1: days. Is it cut clarity in carrots? Is is what you're supposed to look for in diamonds? And if it's at all cloudy, of course it's not a a a, a nice it's not a nice diamond. It's a cheaper diamond. So I always said that Maria's uh, diamond had a champagne key <laughs> to it. <laughs> oh, there's a champagne diamond, which I stole from a great movie called Beautiful Girls years ago where this guy buys his girlfriend an engagement ring. No, oh, it's champagne. Oh, no, it is- means it's a piece of crap.
0: <laughs> now, they get a little bit of money in that uh, the crown jewels, yeah. which, of course, they don't bring those diamonds out at any point. They're no. just sitting there.
1: They're just sitting, yeah. The voices of Mickey and Minnie Mouse got married in real life. Wayne Allwine and Russie Taylor were married for 18 years until Wayne's death in 2009. Then uh, Russie uh, passed away in uh, 2019. Get out. Oh, so, yeah.
0: You think they spoke each other in those voices at Only home? in the bedroom.
1: Time to do the dishes. <laughs> Time to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you. <ya. laughs> I bet you. Probably, not tonight. They're probably as quick as a mouse. <laughs> I have a headache. Yeah. Yeah. The only animal with just one ear is a praying mantis. Oh. Yeah. Really? I yeah, don't know why.
0: Never inspected for the ear? But. No. No. But somebody
1: figured that out, and I don't know if the praying mantis is bothered by that or not, but I guess he, he or she wouldn't know any different. Right, Right? Yeah. Born with it. it is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He's sitting there with his headphones, going, "What do
1: I do with these?" <laughs> Look who joins us! It's Teddy
2: Reader for Hollinda's Meets. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Teddy, how are we? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 standing here on the back deck at uh, the Eldorado Golf Club in the Joint Barbecue, and I'm overlooking the ninth uh, the ninth hole. It's a beautiful, beautiful morning. Uh, patio's looking good. We got lots of things coming out of the smoker, and uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful day. One Weather's those, great. One of those
0: things out of the smoker is this uh, what
2: silly Philly cheesesteak sandwich? Ah, uh, yes, the silly the silly Philly cheesesteak. So we uh, we take a, a sesame baguette and uh, we griddle fry it, and then we put a spicy horseradish uh, mayo on there, and then uh, smoked uh, rib steak which is basically we're doing the whole rib, the prime rib. We're smoking it, and then we shave it, and we griddle it, and we put that on the bun, and then we top it with sautéed onions, poblano peppers, and other hot peppers, and then uh, some shoshito peppers. Then we pour this smoked brisket cheese sauce all over top of that, and we finish it with some crispy fried hot peppers and onions and the top of the bun.
1: Can I get an arugula salad? (laughs) (laughs) I'll show
2: you where the arugula is, okay? It's out there behind the ninth hole, right down there, right in the gut. You'll be buried under it. Now, the
1: other thing you had going, and we were talking with you just recently about veal, and now you have made this veal hamburger. And I I will always make my uh, homemade meatballs out of veal and pork, but
2: you've made a straight-up veal burger, and it looks amazing. It's like a meatloaf. So I, I put a bit of a binder in there, some starch to help bring it all together and give it that texture of a meatloaf. And then turned it into like a hot cross bun and wrapped it with two slices of bacon. Oh. And then you you cook it slowly so that, that the bacon renders. And I, I like to raise it up off the grill a little bit um with a rack or even put it onto the top rack of your of your grill and just let it cook up there first to render the fat away from the bacon and then finish it off on the grill yeah it's mighty tasty it looks great and
1: so many of us when we go to make our own burgers we always just go to the ground beef it's the easy go-to we don't think of the other stuff but you can do turkey burgers and uh, chicken burgers and of course veal and uh, pork burgers it's all terrific
2: that's it it's, it's tasty if you want that that veal uh, meatloaf burger recipe you can go to uh ontariovealappeal.ca and look it up there or my website Tedreader.com and it's a tasty recipe i
0: was gonna say ted like like if people and you know, we always say at the end if you if, if people want to get in touch with you they can contact you through uh facebook instagram social media or your website and email you and and, and it's not something, you're, like, you're not the type of chef who says, well, I, I'm not going to teach you how to cook that. I want you to come eat mine. You, you really do share your recipes uh, and not just in your cookbooks. And you do it online as well.
2: Yes, I do. Uh thank you. I uh listen, I want everybody to have as much fun cooking as I do. And I uh, last night I taught a Zoom class, mm. uh a barbecue class and it was an hour long and it was about a whole bunch of different things. We did steak and we did cauliflower and asparagus and a tomahawk chop and mm. we did some chicken drumsticks. And it's, it's, for me, it's, I want you to come get in your backyard and play and create great recipes and create memories with your family and your friends. And that's my job is to inspire you to get outside and have a good time. Cause it's a fun thing when you can fire up a grill or a smoker and you cook your first prime, prime rib or you smoke your first brisket and it just melts in your mouth. And you like, you got to work at it. And it's a great, uh, great thing to do in your backyard. So, you know, take it up and have some fun.
1: How do they get a hold of you? Where do they come and find you, Teddy, if they haven't yet?
2: Well, we're at the Eldorado Golf Club, the joint barbecue in uh, Brooklyn, Ontario, at 615 Winchester Road. You'll find me at Ted Grills or at Ted Reader Barbecue, the joint. Rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9, mm-hmm. The Rock.